Welcome to the first ever adventure game hotspot networks, fantastic, extreme to the max creator con uh, con content creators podcast featuring everyone under the sun. Uh, did I get everything in there? I think I missed a few things. Um, but but yes, this is the uh, uh, podcast, the official podcast of the Adventure Game Hotspot Network, and it is joined today by myself, your host, the Space Quest Historian, and also Weird Gaming Adventure, aka Josh, the man with the hat. Hi. Uh, <laughs> you're supposed to say hi. Hello there. Good, good man, good man. Yeah. Uh, and uh, one short eye, the speedy boy. Hello, welcome. Yeah. And uh, Daniel Albu, a.k.a. one half of Conversations with Curtis, a.k.a. the man not named Curtis, a.k.a. the man who can apparently stay away for six hours streaming. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Which is very, very impressive. I don't know how you do that. Um, so just a, a quick little like uh, introduction-y sort of thing, since this is the first episode of this. You're probably wondering what the hell it is you've tuned into and why you should even care. Um the premise for this thing is to have a monthly sort of how do you do amongst the members of the Adventure Game Hotspot Network, or at least the people who show up. Hi, Geek. Uh, but uh, <laughs> no, uh, Adventure Game Geek was going to be here. Uh, we originally had the schedule for yesterday, and then someone came down with something abdominal related and wasn't able to make it. And that person was the idiot hosting the show. So we did it today instead, and Geek isn't able to make it. So hi, Geek. Um, in spirit. And the premise for the show, obviously, is to just have a quick little chat around the table about what we're working on and uh, maybe trade in some tips on how to become better content creators and uh, just, uh, you know, what, what, have we been, what we've been working on, what we're looking forward to in the future, and, uh, well, how, how much embarrassment we can throw out in just under an hour or so. So um, that's really where it is and i think the best thing to do is just to go around the table and uh check in on what everyone's been doing this past month and what we're uh, gonna be doing in the future now we've got our boss in so we might as well start with him uh that would be <laughs> weird gaming adventure aka josh the man who came up with this network and who is um wearing a nice hat so hi oh well, I appreciate that. The, the people that cannot actually see the hat, uh, take our word for it. Yes, uh, it is very nice. There is the hat. Yes, <laughs> it All only cost it. me dozens of dollars. It's it's really not that bad. Uh, <laughs> Worth every penny. What, what what Charles was just saying, you know, yeah, we were supposed to do this yesterday, and he came down with. I called him on, and I said, I said, Charles. Are you just fibbing? Are you fibbing? He's like, no. He sent me a picture. It was really weird, and and I was un un uncomfortable. A picture of what? Um, something something that involves years and years of therapy on the part of the man with the hats. <laughs> no, he had a stomach problem, and yes. uh, and so we we pushed it back today, which we're glad because now we can have Daniel on, and and that's awesome. What have I been working on? Well, um, 
the channel name changed to Adventure Game Hotspot. That that's one thing for I started the Weird Gaming Adventure in the early parts of 2020 and now I confused a bunch of people by changing the name to uh, Adventure Game Hotspot to help promote the promote the website. Um, things that we have done on the YouTube channel, I think the big thing I'll just cover is uh, we had some great work done by uh, some of our staff members and Jeff Tripoli and all that. We did a, a Gabriel Knight um, retrospective. It, that's what it was. It was a retrospective. It was not a documentary, but uh, SEO says documentary is a way better word. And so I lied to people. <laughs> on, <laughs> I it was really good, though. I watched it. But, it was really good. Well, thank you. And I will also say that uh, that Robert and, and Jane actually re- wanted it to be called a, a documentary. So uh, it, what, I do I do what they ask. There you go. <laughs> so I have so. a quick question about that. So what what was their involvement in that? I know you said that they were involved in some way. What what was what, what did they did they did they do with that? Oh, basically just uh told us the things that we can say that we cannot say and um there's <laughs> who gives them the right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how dare you? How Don't dare you ask us to do this thing and then tell like us what they, we, we, we can't say? What is this, an advertisement type of thing? Not like um, they made the game or anything. Right. No, um, <laughs> we s- submitted a bunch of stuff and then they said, yes, no, go back to the drawing board and, and essentially just drummed up a, a whole lot more edits for me continually. And they made the game a great game. So, so there's that. A great game and then two sequels. No, wait. <laughs> no. I'm just okay, kidding. that's that's something we'll definitely have to hit on. Oh, hit dude. on later. Okay, the documentary talked about uh, it had the synopsis of every uh, every Gabriel Knight game. So, mm-hmm. what would they like to edit out from that? Oh, that's so, the actual plot. Uh, not necessarily the the plots, but the the discussions, the behind the scene things that they had wanted changed the the narrative that people had assumed for, you know dozens or almost dozens of years um that we kind of went with that were considered factual that uh that they asked okay this is what really happened here and we can now tell you why and there's a couple of uh, little things and i can't necessarily remember what some of them is oh one of them definitely what revolved around the uh the cat mustache uh id <laughs> thing um yeah jane wanted very much and that was uh, pretty much i think the main reason wanted to very much divvy the the negative credits <laughs> away from her <laughs> it's like that was not my call that yeah, was not my that call was, that was something uh i, I read a, a gamma sutra uh post-mortem about gabriel knight 3 that the cat hair mustache was one of those uh, things where she had a whole thing planned out and then one of the programmers went yeah we can't do that how about some maple syrup Oh, maple syrup. Yeah. Oh, was it, wasn't it maple syrup? I think it was maple that syrup. That was, I think yeah, that was part of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or, you, yeah. yeah. Oh, because it got to make it stick. Yeah. Maple, maple syrup as like a glue substitute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty far fetched. Oh, but I should probably interject really quickly that my previous joke about the two sequels in the great game, I mean, I've played one and two and I love them dearly. I've played them mm-hmm. very, very much. I have never finished the third yet. Uh, but that's mostly because it is a B-I-T-C-H to get running on modern systems. Oh, uh, um, yeah. So that's, that's so, so anyway, I, I'm, I'm not hating on the Gabriel Knight sequels. Absolutely. Uh, I want to get a quick, uh, a wait, quick so plug. you were not allowed to talk about the cat hair mustache puzzle. It has its own Wikipedia entry. They can't <laughs> deny that. Well, and that's the thing they wanted to, to clarify. They wanted, no, we did talk about it, but they wanted to assign blame uh, to the director and uh, apparently gave us a name. And um, I'll, I'll run a quick uh, plug to, to Jeff Tripoli, who, who did much of the research. He's an absolute avid 
avid, avid uh, Gabriel Knight fan, and he will literally fight you. He will punch you right in the throat, the trolls, if you say that Gabriel Knight 3 <laughs> looks bad. So I, not, well, even, not if it was artist, a good game, if it looks bad. Dude, I can give him my home working. address. I will say that Gabriel Knight 3 <laughs> looks really bad. I, I, I thought that Sierra thought that it looks bad, too. Yes, like I was I, the <laughs> artist who worked on the Definitely game thought it that. looked like yeah. absolute tits. And even... Uh, <laughs> I was I, I I did a I did a vlog at some point where I just jokingly said that uh, Gabriel Knight three looked like a bag of turds and then you know the whole PAX thing happened and people thought I was bad mouthing all the Sierra designers and such that yeah. was one of the uh, criticisms that was being levied yeah. so I I at that point I was getting a little chummy with uh, with Robert Robert Holmes because I was uh, gonna do drums on his record yeah. and I told him look if if you know if you happen to catch wind of this I did happen to call and I believe the direct quote was uh, I I called Gabriel Knight three a butt fucking ugly game and he wrote me back and said it is but ugly <laughs> so even robert holmes thinks it's ugly well i mean you you can you can love things and you can love a series but still you know like with a friend you know you point out hey you've got a little bit of mustard on your chin there you know yeah, or maybe a little sloppy there it's like you know yeah, you've got, got a little you, 3d you, on your game yeah you got a, yeah. <laughs> just a little bit <laughs> <laughs> would you um, actually do that or are you the type of guy that would just kind of let him have the mustard on the chin just maybe at least give him like five minutes of i'd, I'd, I'd sort of mustard. i'd sort of point at my face yeah. like with my, and just go dude 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 no i'd give him um, five minutes you know, everybody <laughs> needs to be humbled every once in a while but i mean i, I, I don't want to derail or anything but you know the the um uh again the postmortem on gamma sutra said that uh, gabriel knight 3 the 3d engine every mm-hmm. time they made a model and they imported it into the game they had no skeletal systems so everyone's mm-hmm. arms and lengths were sort of like ballparked and uh and it was a bitch to get in there and, and didn't one of the animators in that article compare like uh mosley to a t-rex yeah yeah because he he had the big long arms <laughs> the little, little or the, arms, no those yeah. short arms the, the short, short arms. little arms yeah yeah <laughs> so that's um well that's, what about you matthew Tell yeah, us yes. the, yeah matthew would be one short eye but yeah that would that, that that would be me hi folks hi. i do have a real name somewhere in there uh yeah no i've been working for the we'll last couple Yes. <laughs> no docs, please. Uh, no. Uh, I've been working the last couple of months on a speedrun documentary for Monkey Island 2. And not a retrospective. That has, that has been... No, not a retrospective. <laughs> um, that has been exciting, but also really challenging because there is a lot of history behind it and the speedrunners did a lot of stuff that requires a lot of explaining. Uh, mm. But they were fun to talk to and they're, they're great people. So I'm happy about that i want to say it's about 80 to 90 percent done we'll cross fingers it's always hard to sort of gauge like where you are in that process because it feels done and then it doesn't and then it does and then it doesn't but you know i don't know yeah so it's it's uh it's it's getting there it's good um and then after that i'm i'm excited about this one what i'm trying to do is like longer and then shorter to try to not burn out uh because the monkey island video is going to be about an hour and a half long uh, yeah. There's there's no way around that. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe longer at your length, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, but then after that, speaking of Gabriel Knight, the plan is to do one on Gabriel Knight, the twentieth anniversary edition. You um, oh, man. As the, the speedrunners for the squirrel in the vase version. Yes, the squirrel in the vase. There is uh, if if uh, if you want me to spoil it a little bit, I'll, I'll just share this tidbit. Please. What's funny about it is is that in contrast to something like monkey two, there's not a lot of little things that add up. It's one thing 
that <laughs> they just hammer over and over again. And it's, it's so simple that even you can do it at home. Hey. Um, for reasons that are not entirely clear, but it's sort of a debug command that was accidentally left in. If you press the B key on your keyboard, like as in just the letter B, mm-hmm. that will make it so that you can snap out of anything that Gabriel's doing. It's so like in the middle of conversations and get control again. Ooh. So if you're in the middle of a conversation, you're in the middle of an animation, press the B key, the little UI at the bottom comes up. You can leave early. You can go to the <laughs> map in the middle of a conversation what? and it breaks the entire game. It even like breaks animations. It is a glorious mess. Oh, lovely. Right. They didn't issue a patch to fix that. No, like and I, I actually, I, I interviewed uh, Chris Jewsbury, who was I, either one of or the lead scripter on the game, and he told me directly they are not patching that because they're because <laughs> no one's you know, they're they're just not they're not going to go back to that game. No money left, <laughs> and also yeah. it's fun. They don't have the budget to patch the beat. <laughs> no, they barely yeah. had the budget to make the game in the first place. <laughs> true, true. So anyway, that's that's what's in the pipeline for me. Awesome. And I there's there's a similar thing in the first The Longest Journey game where you could also break animations by just hitting the escape key repeatedly and it would just make April jitter across the screen like uh like she was caught in a temporal vortex or something. <laughs> I love that game. How how long does it usually take you to like like from start to finish doing these videos because I would imagine you do videos on games that you are already familiar with so you don't have to like start completely from scratch. Yeah, it de- it really depends. Um, so, like, if it's a shorter one, like, so I did a, a King's Quest V video that came out in January, and I spent maybe a month, month and a half on that because it was, like, just one section, like, one part of King's Quest V, one little mystery, and it was only, like, 20 minutes. Mm. But, like, this Monkey Island 2, you know, uh, video, I had never actually played Monkey Island 2 until last summer. So. What? Yeah, the the shock, the horror. Yeah, I, I'd never played it until last summer, so I did that, and then, you know, I've been thinking about an on and off. Get okay <laughs> the for, boss for is audio listeners. Yeah, there's there's a knife you now. Yeah, that's uh, the sound of an exacto knife being popped. Because you know, I'm that hardcore, I pulled an exacto knife out. Um, yeah, he said. Is no, it too late to leave it. this network? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, no, I I I started doing interviews for the Monkey Two stuff in like November. Um, but, uh, but then it was sort of on and off because one of the speedrunners we had a trouble, like getting schedules to align. So we put that on hold for a little bit and it's, oh, I don't know. Stomach problems. It's, yes, exactly. Mm. So yeah, it, it, it takes, you're right. It's, I don't, if it's a game that I don't speedrun myself at the very least, I need to play it. Um, and I feel like, you know, I really need to get, you need, like when you're doing a speedrun history, you really need to get the details right. Like you can't gloss over stuff. And oh, even no. if you, even if it doesn't go into the video, you have to understand what's going mm-hmm. on. Absolutely. Um, so that, that can take that. It takes a while. So uh, the, the last time that I know. Yeah. Yeah. That was the hope, but it, no, it didn't happen. Uh, that, that was, that was the hope. So I don't know. It just, they take as long as they take. Though I haven't kept track of like hours recently, but the last time I actually kept track of number of hours was there was a video I did on Mask of Eternity, and that one was about like 50 minutes long, and I think it took about 40 or 50 hours to do. So maybe I've gotten more efficient since then, but that's about 
that that was about my pace back then. So 15 I mean, minutes I, long was about the total amount of time I played that game. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I mean, mask of eternity, not a great game, but very, very much fun to, to, well, take the piss out of. And uh, the reason I ask how long it takes is because, I mean, your production values, uh, short eye is, is, or Matthew, sorry, are, are just, uh, absolutely stellar. Yes. Uh, so, so I would. I'm, I'm kind of curious how much of the editing process is spent on just getting those little animations to do what you want <laughs> them to do, and how much of it is actually research and working out what what the games do. Yeah, that that's a good question. I don't. Oh, uh, I don't keep track of it, and you know, like <laughs> with the timer, so I don't know. Um, but uh, um, yeah, I don't. I don't know how to quantify yeah. it. It it depends. Oh, you know, a lot of time, like the. What I, what I try to do, I, I guess, is is work on things sort of simultaneously sometimes. So like, uh, you know, at work, if I'm on a break or something, I'll, you know, watch a, a run of something, you know, or, or maybe think of stuff to ask people and be thinking about it, that at the same time while I'm editing when you know, I'm at home or something. But, uh, <laughs> oh, same here. I used to, I used to, when my kid was younger and I, you know, pushed his pram around and trying to get him to sleep, I'd, I'd have my phone in my hand and, and write SQH scripts on it while I was trying to get him to sleep. So yeah, I get that. Speaking of people with excellent production values, uh, the man with the exploding wall behind him, again, you can't see that, but he's in a green screen environment where he's got this animation of uh, things popping. If you've watched Conversations with Curtis, you've mm-hmm. seen the exploding wall before. Uh, so, uh, Daniel, uh, what have you guys been working on and what are you going to work on in the future? So in the past month, and we've had four interviews released. I had my interview with Bill Tiller, which was four hours long. My interview with Noah Falstein. We interviewed Danny Delk, who's the voice actor for Purple Tentacle, Green Tentacle, and Hurry. We've released our second episode of our podcast. What the hell was that? That was Murray. (laughs) Okay, cool. And I had my second conversation with Aaron Giles, who um, recently released his the second version of his emulator, Dream. Ah, yeah. Went through all of the cool new features. Yeah, Dream is the 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 Scum VM, uh, not the Scum VM thing. The one, the thing that not Scum VM, yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. the thing that actually runs LucasArts games without reverse engineering them by engineering them. Yes. As God intended, or something. <laughs> oh, props to the Scum VM guys, by the way. You guys are doing an awesome job. Um, but I, lo- I loved his reasoning for making Dream, which was that, you know, some people still have their original CDs. Why not let them? Yeah. And, and the reason he started it was because back in March last year, he had an interview on Mix and Mojo in which he talked about all of the Mac versions he used to create back in the 90s for LucasArts, and they didn't want to release them because they didn't have an available QA team to test them all. Like he was whipping them out in like two, three weeks, mm. and but there was no one to test them, so they didn't release them. So he was really grumpy about it. <laughs> and then he started working on Dream, and then I realized that if I'll interview him, he'll keep adding features. So I interviewed him twice, and now we're in the second version. Cool. Mission accomplished. Yeah, there you go. Doing the Lord's work. Like, prolific content. I mean, this guy is just popping them out. Not just popping them out, like 
this is a laborious, laborious occupation that you got going on here for uh, for minimal, minimal pay, my friend. You're you're killing it. And thank you so much for these incredible interviews, man. Yeah. Oh, God, you are a workaholic, by the way. How much uh, how much sleep are you getting? These I'm days? not getting any sleep. <laughs> I'm I'm uh, scheduling my interviews on Thursdays usually because it's um, at noon Pacific time, which is 10 p.m. over here. So, for example, my interview with Eric Wilmander was five hours long, mm. and after the five-hour conversation, we sat down and had a heartfelt conversation for an additional hour. So I went to sleep at 4 a.m. Oh. And I've been editing this uh, interview for the past week and a half. I just released it today to our coffee and Patreon members, and it's going to premiere on our channel next week. So yeah, the final running time of that interview was four hours and 32 minutes. Good God. And I remember I had- us talking about how... Um, uh, when you know when I edit my stuff together, I'm not really a pro or anything. I just kind of shove it out there, and you know, just, it looks like it's fine. Let's put it up. Let's see what happens, kind of. But you meticulously go back and rewatch the entire thing and make sure all the beats are in there. And for a four and a half hour interview, how <laughs> sick of listening to yourself are you by the end of that? <laughs> you masochist. <laughs> now, several things when I edit my interviews, and there's a part, for example a long awkward silence or or something that i want to rephrase so what i usually do is i cut that part out and then i look at my because i in my interviews i have the two video feeds separate Mm -hmm. so i look at the video feed for my guest to see if the skip isn't noticeable then i do a skip for myself at a different time altogether so that the skips won't be simultaneously so that it won't be apparent that there was a skip and then i close my eyes and i listen to the audio to see if you can hear that there was a skip Mm. so for example when i edit out a part may take up to an hour two hours to remove (laughs) segment Dude, and, 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 and now I'm just going to be watching like your cam the entire time, just mm-hmm. waiting for that little blip to come in. Mm-hmm. Um, now here's a more little- apparent because of my background. Because, for example, with my guests, they have mm-hmm. their home background. Mm-hmm. So with my background, even if my skip isn't apparent, the background skip is much more apparent. Yeah, mm-hmm. have you thought about a non-animated background? Thought about it, but given that my... Um, OLED TV recently had a burn-in of a logo of a kid's show my kids have been watching. Um, I try not to have static backgrounds because I I don't want people to have burn-ins of backgrounds of art. Mm. That's weird. Does that still happen? I thought that was a CRT. <laughs> it's like, that's a 90s thing, right? Yeah. Can I get you some after dark uh, program to, to well, put on? L- LG, <laughs> my LG TV is from 2019 so mm-hmm. it's still happening huh. with so OLED TVs so is mine I mean that's, that's and bizarre then, wow I've had, yeah I've had it left on for like ages and ages uh, like overnight on one stuff. channel with a, a logo at the same location yeah with like no with the like the Chromecast um, logo on it oh actually there's a slideshow on that so that might actually be why I've been spared well, mo- most channels change their logos so that it w- they will be semi-transparent 
for change for less um, non-RGB colors, mm. but that particular logo was yellow and not transparent at all, and it mm. burned into my TV. Ouch. And it happened like the burning happened to two days after the warranty expired. Oh, fantastic. Of course. Well, at least it was a kid's show. I'm just... <laughs> yeah, so it was really fun watching it was really fun watching Dune and having the babytv.co.il burned into my TV in the Dunes. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Trolls. That's funny, man. Like, that's hilarious. I, just I, I never thought that. Now I do. I just love the fact that your mind went there instantly. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, this is the guy we got in. Um, so, uh, 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 Matthew, like, uh, any, yes. uh, any, uh, like, because you, you do voiceover exclusive. You're very rarely on camera unless you do mm-hmm. interviews and stuff. Uh, so, with, with regards to editing out uh, bloopers and stuff, you're not really as challenged as, as Daniel per se. But uh, how, how much time do you spend on like voiceovers and editing? Oh yeah, I mean maybe not in the same way as Daniel, but I I I do this thing that it it yeah maybe I shouldn't maybe I should just get better at talking, um, but I have a little macro. So what I do is I I re- record it and then I put it into Reaper, which is a DAW, yeah. um, and then I have a macro that takes out all the silence, mm-hmm. and then I listen through, and then if it's it, you know because what I found is is like taking out the silences picks up the pace a little bit and a little bit more energy but then if there's not enough pauses then i scoot it over a little bit and so you know out of a you know five or ten minute thing it'll take you know multiple listens and hmm. uh, so so yes i will go through that and actually kind of construct it and i think i've, I've gotten better at at uh, getting it closer to what it should be you know what what the final product should be but yeah i do go through all of it and yeah have to listen to multiple takes and take things out and um try to quicken things up and then change it or whatever else so so yeah that you know it's i'd i'd say i don't know it's it's hard to estimate but however long it takes to record it i mean at least double that you know in terms of editing just the audio See again, I'm I'm laughing because this is this is how professional I am. I hit record in 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 my DAW, and because uh, it's got all the EQ and and gains and stuff mm-hmm. uh, already baked in, so I don't have to do that in Premiere. Because screw that. Um, but honestly, I just. I just hit record and then I read my script and uh, every once in a while I'll stumble over something because it English is my second language and such or I usually have a habit of talking too fast. Uh so every once in a while I just go, "Oh, screw it." And then I'll just hit space back up a bit until mm-hmm. I see like a little break in the waveform where I <gasps> took a breath and I'll just hit record from then on. And if the pop is noticeable, I just put in a tiny little crossfade so no yeah. one will ever know. And that's it. That's the extent of my editing. Well yeah. What's your guys? What's your guys' opinions on on breathing? Like breathing through your mouth, mouth breathing. If you're talking people, fast, do you cut it out. No, that's super. It's super weird because I've mm-hmm. always heard that people, especially podcasters, they always take out the breaths and the pauses and and all of that stuff. And mm-hmm. I I kind of feel like it adds a bit of quality. In fact, I always listen for my my breaths in because that's mm-hmm. a good place to put in a, a second take 
or something mm-hmm. like that. I never take out my breaths. So I for do... example, when I talked about awkward silences, sometimes if I cut that awkward silence, then I might cut too much, and then I re-add mm-hmm. the silence because yeah, one of the things that I can notice in other podcasts is that the when when the host is asking a question and the guest is answering too quickly, then I can notice that it was edited out. A, a silence was edited out. Hmm. And I need to be more natural. That's why I don't like the the fast-paced editing of Gen Z. <laughs> like, everything is... Yeah, all the Every jump word out. is like... Um, it's like they're shooting words. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, uh, with, with us uh, working on the podcast recently, it was a fun experiment, given that usually people start from a podcast and then move to video content, and then it's much harder there because it's much harder editing out uh, sequences from video content. But with a podcast, we had like, for each one of the podcasts, we had like seven recording sessions, and then I reconstructed a coherent conversation from all those sessions. Oh, God. And for example, uh, uh, Tori forgot to say bye in the second podcast, so I took the bye from the first podcast. Oh, that's clever. Hmm. Well, you can get away with stuff like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've I've done stuff like editing together, like if I did a a live stream of a game and I try to edit that into a let's play, which is what I'm doing now with uh, with the, some of the police quest content I recorded last year. There are no intros and there are no outros, which I hear YouTubers are supposed to have catchphrases too. I've I've sort of uh, I, I I tried sort of thinking, oh, should I do like an on camera introduction? Should I have like a little voiceover at the start that explains? And I'm going. Who even watches this? I mean, they're not there to have me point out my own mistakes. I'm just going to, ju- they just want to see the game. Let's just get right in there and, you know, screw it. And incidentally, that's why I've, I've I mean, I was already using like a semi animated avatar for, for my videos, um, which is absolutely a godsend because <laughs> it's cool <laughs> too. Uh, oh, thank you. Uh, uh, Mark Crow drew that. So that's why I've been using it for over a decade. Oh, did you really? That's really cool. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, so, so, uh, so I've been using that because then I can just record a voiceover and uh, not have to worry about me stumbling over my words like an idiot, which is what I usually do when I do streams, especially, but also let's plays and stuff. Uh, so, yeah, that 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 checks out, and that's why I, I would imagine uh, Matthew uh, not being on camera for your videos makes it slightly easier than let's say geek who intercuts himself talking directly to camera with a voiceover and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, no, I'd say so. Definitely. Uh, there, there, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of cutting there too. And I, I'd say it's, it's even more extreme with the people that I interview because unlike, you know, Daniel, for instance, I'm not trying to do a podcast. I'm trying to make a point you know, mm. cobble together from these. So sometimes, you know, you'll, you'll have, I'll have a, an interviewee who will say something, take something that they said in minute 10 from the interview, smushed together and then covered with B roll from like an hour later because they're like, Oh yeah, I remembered this thing. Yeah. Um, and it does, you know, and so you take that, take that out. It's always, uh, I, I think that's, that's always an interesting thing constructing that. Um, and it's something I, I don't know. I think about occasionally because part of that construction is like you're you're trying to make an impression of the person that is is truthful 
because you want, you know, you want to to be accurate. But in doing so, you're kind of not being truthful, right? Because you're you're constructing it from these different things. And yet, if you were to just sort of let them, you know, ramble, that's also not truthful because in context, it makes it sort of seem like they don't know what they're talking about. Like if you have a really polished video and then you just plop what they say in the middle and they talk as people do with, um, then, you know, little digressions, yeah. the, impre- the false impression that you give of that is they seem lost and confused when that's not the case at all. So exactly. I, don't know, I think about that occasionally. I mean, that is the, um, of, again, to bring up the SEO word, documentarist. The documentary, every documentary is a constructed reality. Yes. Uh, and, and it's, I mean, it's, it's not untruthful to cobble together uh, points that were made uh, hours apart in the actual conversation, as long as you're not skewing their words. <laughs> it's what the is, vein that they're going for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is that that Simpsons episode where someone uh, edits together, uh, what was the security footage from Homer Simpson saying something? <laughs> oh, you can see like someone. the clock in the background keeps yeah, jumping around. Yeah, the clock around. keeps yeah, jumping yeah. around. Exactly. Yeah. It's, I don't remember anything about the episode, but I know the gag you're talking about. Yeah. It's, so it's, it's, it's not anything like that. It, that actually brings me to, um, to, uh, the boss man with the hat, uh, Josh. Uh, so you guys do a lot of different sort of content on the YouTube video, and also you know written content for the website and stuff. Uh, so you guys have, you guys cover a lot more content creation than than we do because we stick to mostly our YouTube channels. Some live streaming. I used to have a blog. I don't anymore. Uh, but you guys run all over the place. So um, what kind of what kind of content do you prefer? As in like the retrospective slash documentary did on Gabriel Knight or more sort of immediate interviewee style content. What are you guys looking for? First, if I may cover one quick thing though, you keep calling me the boss. Because I know you hate it. That's why I, 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 I did it. I didn't actually really handle the negotiations here. I I had Jeff Jeff handle that. Like so <laughs> We're gonna believe that. Some some payment uh going oh. No. So my favorite look at i am i am not a good interviewer um i i am um uh, by trade a, a radio host but i do that on my like it's just me it's just my i'm talking i'm giving my opinion something that i'm actually know about but i don't work good with other people i don't I, i'm not good at waiting for other people to finish or handing off is like the the term that that's used so i don't necessarily like those I am your typical millennial, barely, barely, I'm barely a millennial, but I like the, I like lists. I love, I love making list videos. I love interjecting. I love having any type of, any type of humor, any type of to show personality. And uh, if you're coming to my channel for like serious stuff, I recommend that you go to uh, conversations with Curtis, mm-hmm. um, one short eye, and, but go to our website for serious stuff though. Because that's all written. Jack Allen handles like that, all that stuff, and he's a serious, he's a serious guy, like legitimately serious. Mm. So, 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 so that's 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 your. So, uh, if you were, so, um, I mean, you are. Uh, what's the, I'm trying to phrase this question. So you've. This is why you hand off interview gigs and mm-hmm. stuff where to 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 other people now i would imagine being in radio or coming mm-hmm. from a radio background you of all people would have the best advice for stuff like the ums and ahs and pauses and how to keep something flowing good 
fantastic. Yeah, no, no, legitimately. <laughs> like it, it's and and most people that do what I do, like they'll say the same thing. I'm in I'm, I'm in sports. You know, I'm a fantasy fantasy sports analyst, and so we're used to raw raw people. You know, here's our opinion. Here's goes, and it's just the same format all the time. It's over and over and over again. Now, when it comes to adventure gamers, and I don't want to stereotype, you know, one from the other, but there's a oftentimes there's a distinct <laughs> level of intelligence there's, there's, here's here's the line there's a dichotomy of of types of people that you, you step over this line you have intelligent uh so you, no no like it will i don't know i don't I'll agree with that yeah we, we are a bunch yeah. of nerds come on now yeah, but that, that's, and proudly that's, so that's proudly so yeah. and myself as well it, it's <laughs> just like the people that i talk to they're they're programmed to say the same thing and and blow out. It's just about being boisterous and pushy and everything. Whereas yeah. in talking with with people, the devs, they have legitimate answers. They're insightful. <laughs> they, sit, they, they sit and they think for a second. You know, sometimes you talk to like sometimes they wait like ten seconds. They're not just running into responding because okay, now's my cue. I got to say something. They're they're measuring everything that they're saying, and so you have to listen. You have to pay attention to to what they're what they're going, not looking at, okay, this is my next question. Let's move on. Because if you don't respond with, uh, oh, I agree, or and move on to what they're talking about, like the next question has to be, you know, modified based on what they just said. And it's just not, if I'm, if I know myself, I'm just, I'm not good at it and I don't feel comfortable. It's interesting it. because um, one of my, one of the things I've always been jealous of are people who are able to just jump in at the second and just fire off something, you know, boisterous and something. I mean, I, I, I really respect the absolute crap out of freestyle rappers. I have no idea how their brain works that fast. Yeah. It, and, and they, and they make it rhyme somehow. I just, I have no idea how people can do that. When, when, when I interview people, you'll hear me ooming and eyeing and stuff. I mean, right now I'm, I'm, stuttering and and trying to you know construct a sentence that's just barely coherent um so so th having people who can who can just jump in and just go at 500 miles per hour i'm really jealous of that and it's the same when when doing like live streams even if you're not technically talking to anyone you're still trying to not have it in like dead air and trying to sure. keep, keep the pace going even if nothing's happening on screen and i'm i'm not really good at that either uh that's usually when my brain shuts off and just starts spouting weird shit. And uh, that has sometimes well, gotten me in trouble. We have this program. Like, we all have something programmed like, that we're comfortable with, you know, it, as like a fallback. Even if we don't know it, you know, we have like a built-in joke or a modified joke that you can say really quick to buy yourself some time. And if you listen to or watch someone enough, you, you kind of get a sense for what their personality is or that. Like, for instance, though, or not for instance, but as an example, I need someone who's going to jump in and immediately, immediately talk. We've got a couple of staff members that do the, the podcast with us uh, on occasion. They're, they're rearing, ready to go, which makes it very comfortable for me. My built-in clutch, crutch, I guess, is the, would be like when I'm ready and I want them to go. I'm looking at them, like trying to you know, give them the, the, the cues, like it's your turn to talk. Mm. And I always end with, and so, and it drives myself crazy. I know I'm going to say it, but I don't know how to, like, I'm pulling the parachute here. Yeah. You know, trying to figure <laughs> out like, a, and I, and so, 
Like, get me before I have to say, and so, because yes. I know I'm going to do it. That you need a little that, sign that says, please answer now. Yes. And it's, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, usually, again, this is, this is me. I, I, I run off at like 200 miles per hour. Sometimes my question goes three different directions all at once because I don't know when to shut up. And, and when I then stop, it mm-hmm. usually takes people by surprise to the point where they're just, <laughs> Is it my turn now? <laughs> yeah. It's like the star basketball player that never passes. And then yeah. when he actually passes, it's like, we're like, whoa, whoa what, I wasn't what? expecting that. You know? Wait, what? What? Are we still here? I, I'm so, just, what, this ball here. What? Oh, you want it back? Okay. <laughs> Daniel, you must have some great advice for us ADHD nerds over here who don't know when to <laughs> pass the ball. How, how do you, what's, what's your, in, your interview of... What's the word I'm looking for? Like your 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 back of your mind bullet point list. See here I go again. What the hell am I saying? No, but what's what's your like go to laundry list of how to keep things rolling in a comfortable pace? If you guys if you guys seen trolls right now, his arms are flailing more than his avatar does. It's like Stan in in Monkey Island. Right the, the amount of times I've knocked my mic over during voiceover recordings because I talk with my hands a lot. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, sorry. Daniel, yes. So, Do you remember the question? Anyway, my, my, my secret is that I interview people that I want to hear what they have to say. Oh, that's... And so interviewing wow. people, you know, I, I listen to tons of podcasts. And when you interview some of the LucasArts legends and you interview them for 40 minutes or one hour, you're not interested in what they have to say. You just want to fill up one hour of your podcast and you didn't have a better guest at that time. Mm. So what I usually do is I listen to all of the past interviews from that, of that particular guest and then I see their answers and then I ask them questions they have never been asked before. For example, we, can, we have to go through the introduction of how you started at LucasArts and so on. But then I ask them things they've have, they have never been asked before because, first of all, I heard the answers so many times, I don't want to hear them again in my interview. And second, people who have been interested in that particular guest have also heard those podcasts and they don't want to hear it in my interview because it's boring. Mm. So if I'm not bored, then the conversation keeps flowing. Otherwise, I'll stick to my, and then, <laughs> now, about this and that. Yeah. So uh, how, do you, how do you hand the ball off, so to speak? Is there a, uh, how do you pull that parachute that Josh was talking about? How do you stop yourself from motoring off uh, with the question? When do you rein yourself in? Usually I have very long questions. So, mm. and usually my guests know when the question has ended because it ends What's with a secret? question mark. Oh, so, oh, that's so you're just secret. asking. You're you're asking the questions and, and letting them letting them roll. Yeah. So, so for example, I can talk about the specific. I can talk about in my interview with David Fox. I told him, okay, in 1989, during this period of time, uh, there was the first uh, group meeting about the dig. What do you remember about that meeting? Or um, you're credited on this and that game. What was your contribution to that game? And so 
it's very apparent when my question ends because it ends with a question and not various sentences up in the air. Shit, that sounds so simple. And it's it's very specific <laughs> too. You have very specific questions that are are intended to make them tell a story and not not intended to continue a conversation. You're you're setting them up for success essentially. That's actually pretty brilliant. Uh, how much how much pre-planning goes into the questions? Do you write them out in your own words? Do you have bullet points? I if I'm honest, when I in, I did an interview with Ken and Roberta Williams, and you would think I spent just at least a little bit of time coming up with some interesting questions. I didn't. I just, I was slightly hungover, and I just assumed that they'd done so many interviews that they would be okay with just one scatterbrained little shit who didn't have his act together. And luckily, they were. But uh, how, how much planning do you put into your interviews? Well, I put in tons of planning. First of all, I know these people and their history by heart. But mm. before each interview, I listen to all of their uh, all of the podcasts they've been on and read all of their previous interviews to see how I can take a question they have been asked and take their answer and continue from that point on mm. by saying, in the past you said this and that. What about this? Yeah. Or... So usually it takes me, uh, the reason I schedule the interviews every two weeks, because I usually spend those two weeks researching for questions. I write down the bullet points. I, my interviews are usually trying to build a story, and it's always chronologically. Uh, I don't like interviews which we start from present day and then go to somewhere in the middle and then go back to the past and then go back. This isn't a Tarantino movie. <laughs> I'm trying to, to build a story chronologically. How you started off as an artist, as a programmer, as whatever. How you got into LucasArts or Sierra or whatever. Present day, future plans. Mm. I guess what we can what we can all take from this is uh, is Paul is remarkably lucky to have Daniel. We need a Daniel. We all need a we all need a Daniel. Like, man, this guy is just an incredible resource. You are, and it's uh, and it comes at the cost of your circadian rhythms, evidently. Uh, how do you plan to make up for that? Well, my circadian rhythms have been suffering since forever. So, oh, I'm very. It doesn't matter if I'm working on developing a game or working on an interview. I'm very You've sorry, got to children. Hear oh God, that too. Cool. Uh, so I, I guess uh, passing the ball over to, to Matthew, before we get into our little roundtable fun thing, don't worry, I'll explain that later, but uh, how much uh, planning goes into your interview? Obviously, you cut them up so you can have your uh, the points that you want them to make uh, and, and slot them into your documentary style, but still, how much planning? Yeah, so it's it's a little bit different from Daniel in that, you know, the people that I interview don't have previous interviews. If they did, that'd be great. I think that's a great idea of of going <laughs> back and, you know, seeing what they previously, you know, said and, and building off that. I love that idea. Um, for me, it's I try to become as familiar with the speedruns that as I can. I try to look back through Discord comments, um, you know, and and see that. And I, I look at the world record history. And uh, try to see where where there were big leaps in time, and so I do write down all the questions that I want to get to. Though there there are a few you know boilerplate ones that I almost always ask, like um, what would be 
most surprising to someone just familiar with a casual playthrough? Like, what is the speedrun change that would be most surprising? That that's almost always a good question to ask a speedrunner. Mm. And then I also try to focus more on like how they felt about something because I always find that more interesting. Like, I you know I I can look up on my own what the the world records were, what times they were, the numbers like that's I can look that up. What I'm interested in during the interview is. How did you feel when you got that record? Because that I can't get from anywhere else. So mm-hmm. I always try to put those kind of questions in, you know, like not just what were the, the strategy changes, what were you doing, but then like what did it mean to get that world record? And they al- almost always have something uh, nice to say. But yeah, I, I typically have about 10 or so questions and the interviews I do typically last about an hour. So... So yeah, mm-hmm. no, I I try to do the the research that I can, but um, thankfully, unthankfully, I don't know how, how you'd look at it, but yeah, I don't have as much research to do, I think, as Daniel does, just because these people haven't been uh, interviewed before. But uh, but I do also like it, it gets easier with some of them as I go on because I interview the same people over and over again, depending on mm-hmm. what game series it is or what the game is. So. Yeah, how how big is the adventure game speedrunning community? Uh, it, it's I, it's I, niche. I mean, it's small. Like so, if you know, if you go look at um, how many runners that there are for like Monkey Two, I think there's only around twenty in the history of the game. Um, same. That thing sounds like, like a lot to me. I mean, it's I mean, it's it's a lot, but I mean, so you have things like that that are of the more popular games. But keep in mind that's not all like um, that they're active continuously for years. Sometimes that's uh, you know maybe you know a quarter of those are people who learned it and then did a couple of runs and then never came back to it. So mm-hmm. it all depends. Mm-hmm. Like you know, King's Quest Six has about the same. But then you look at other other games and you might have just one or two people who ever done a run of it. Mask uh, of Eternity. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Mask of Eternity has like four or five people, I think, maybe six. Um, I would imagine. You know, I know, De- De- to give a little shout out here, Daniel, um, you know, runs Phantasmagoria 2. And uh, I think, are there three or four people on the leaderboards for that? I can't remember. We have six people on the leaderboards. Six. Okay. And three people who are currently fighting for the top spot. I'm currently number three. And go. number one and two are interchanging according to the seasons of the year i'm just gonna say it so it's it's not it's not like a huge uh huge pool of people like you know it's it's like a it's a small ish community um nothing compared to like you know super mario or something but it's it's (laughs) you know it's small enough that like you you get to know the people who are running your game i guess i think that way now here's here's another thing I usually do that I absolutely hate when I interview or do podcasts, which is I try I, sometimes I interject something that is meant to be a question, and then I realize that the person who's talking is not done. So what happens is there's this little droplet of me going so anyway, and then yeah, I always wish I could edit those out. Um, and now, now I you can. Now, now I can. Yeah, I could, but that wouldn't be genuine. Um, <laughs> so uh, we should uh, maybe because mo- uh, we're coming up on the hour mark, and uh, one of the one of the little ideas I had for the show was that every every show we do every month we do this little roundtable of so when was this sort of uh, a little like, like just a little anecdotal uh, round the round the table kind of thing. 
So I, I'll ask some sort of question from your content creation days and, and you can either give a long answer or a short answer or a thank God I've never done that sort of answer. That's fine. Um, one of the absolute original uh, top of the list uh, questions I had uh, when we came up with this idea was based on uh, me and Josh talking about uh, the worst fuck-ups we've ever done in the editing suite. Um, uh, so so that's really the, the question I'm going to be passing around is, what is the worst editing snafu you've accidentally released onto the public and it was way too late to change it because it had already gotten views and stuff like comments. that. Yeah, comments and stuff like that. And you don't want to take it down because that's going to hurt your metrics and stuff like that. So Josh, even though you, you 15 first. of the comments were like, what the F are you doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a comment, it's a comment, buddy. Let's hey, go. hey, that's engagement. Let's go. But yeah, Josh, so so what's your uh, what's your big snafu? Okay, so not editing. Uh, I will give an, an editing answer, but not editing. Um, one time I was on the radio and we have a, an engineer. So essentially the red light comes on when the segment's done. He, he hits red light. I know who I can, I can breathe. I can burp. I could do anything, anything I want. And that's, you know, sounds gross or anything, but you the whole time you're holding your breath a lot. Anyways, yeah. uh, one time, like immediately I was very, very frustrated with the caller. And uh, I said, man, I want to punch that guy right in the throat. Like uh, that's what I said. And the red light came on, it was on. And immediately I was waiting for that. And I said, I'm going to punch that guy right in the throat. And, uh, and it wasn't, it wasn't off. It was completely, completely, completely aired. So that's one that was, uh, I didn't know until later. And I trust me, I, people made, made me aware of that. But I think the biggest one, one that I do all of the time is uh, when it comes to music, I have a, a thing where I think uh, I think I've cut the music at the end. Like the music is still going to like three and a half minutes or something, and I'm mm-hmm. expecting to use maybe twenty seconds of a uh, of a music clip, and I just failed to uh, to watch it again or edit everything, and um, so it goes on for like another three minutes, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking it's over, but and that's when I do a lot. You think after the fourth time that I would and now like make a checklist or something, something <laughs> to fix that. But yeah, that's a big one for music. I'm, I'm a bad editor. And I, I know that. And so I don't take myself too seriously. So it's, uh, it doesn't affect me all that much, but it does, it does drive some people a little nuts because they think that we should be putting a little bit more effort and, and, and time into it. And they'll let you. They'll yeah, let you like like, like that video you released with mm-hmm. the left channel audio. Yeah, I yeah. told you about it when you had like twenty views, and mm-hmm. I thought you'd I take it, it down, but you I didn't. Well, I couldn't fix it. That was the thing. I tried, and uh, there was I, I don't know. I couldn't fix it. Tried to tried to change it, but it wasn't the the program that I used was uh, not an advertisement for them apparently. But I used Mavavi, which I use if it's not like a big. If I don't have a lot of stuff going on, I'll use an easy and really easy program to use, you know, if I don't have a lot of edits or something, but there's not, there's things like that. You cannot, you cannot fix after the fact. And, uh, so you like cannot that, use the right channel on that application. Well, I recorded it in it's a great way uh, to get people to subscribe. Right, the right channel for $100 a year. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, you know, obviously I don't have, I'm not shooting for money or anything like that, but uh, yeah, I used uh, what was it, Audacity, and then ported it into for for the vocals and ported it into the program, and I couldn't change after the fact. And 
I would have to pretty much lost like three hours worth of work. And uh, I'm sorry for those that, that are listening. To, I, I, I do value your listening time. I really, really do. But I value mine more. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize. Mine is, mine, is so, I, mine is so close to Josh's. I'm just going to pass the ball on to Matthew, uh, Mr. Short Eye. Okay. Uh, sure. Uh, I was trying to, think of, trying to think of this. And, well, I, I thought of two things. Because normally what, what I do once I'm done, I, I get super obsessive about not releasing it with any mistakes. So I watch it almost too much. And I even do like, so after I upload it, a video and, you know, before I release it, I like watch it and do like a director's commentary for Patreon. And, but part of it's for that, but part of it's like, I just, I don't want there to be any freaking encoding errors or whatever. <laughs> um, but one time I was, I was a little embarrassed because for the King's quest three video, I put it up and I had it unlisted, uh, but then I accidentally I put it on like a public playlist and it yes. started like getting, you know, I, I think I can't remember if it got comments or not. But after a while, I'm like, this has like 50 or 100 views on it. How are people? Mm-hmm. Oh, OK, mm-hmm. that's that shouldn't be out yet. So, yeah, whatever. But so I learned that even though if you have it unlisted, uh, if you put it on a public playlist, it'll be public, which makes sense. But I wasn't thinking of it at the time. I've done um, that one as well. Yeah. So so there's that and then the other one not not that I would change it now but just going back to the first world record history I did of King's Quest it's just embarrassing because it's the first one and I was still learning what the heck I was doing I recorded it in a really echoey kitchen because that's the only space I had um the pacing's extremely slow uh for whatever reason I got it in my head that cutting was too harsh and so if you watch it carefully every single cut is like a crossfade instead of <laughs> like instead of a like, cut and i look about what was i even thinking um but uh but you know what it got pushed out the door i've learned maybe a little bit more since then um but uh, i don't i yeah honestly so far i've i've committed every error that you guys have said uh, literally everyone, and I have an even worse one than the echoey kitchen one. Uh, but but let's let's pass it on to Daniel. Let's see how many I can rack up. Uh, put my hand up and go. I've done that too. Oh, I, I'm with Matthew on this one. I usually watch my videos way too many times. And for example, if I'll ever upload a video in which there's sound only on the left channel, like Josh did, <laughs> I'll probably quit the same day. He's and not, ask Paul to shut down the channel. You're not going to let him live that down, are you? You're just going to keep bragging on him. It wouldn't be so bad the, if it wasn't like, if I didn't do it like 15 times. I'm sure I've done it like at least 15 times. I get it. Yeah. But what do you do? You got to give us something though. You've made an error. Come on. You've, you, haven't you, might, lost, yeah. you, you haven't lost footage or had to reshoot or something like that. And since I'm using uh, Riverside, which is very similar to, to the application we're currently using for this podcast, um, they have, they're relying on the storage you have on your computer. So for example, you need to have at least five gigabytes for every hour of footage you're recording. And in addition to that, since you're recording via browser, the browser itself has its own limitations, and usually it's five gigabytes or ten gigabytes. So for my conversation with Bill Tiller, 
which was four hours long, we had several occasions in which he told us that um, one side isn't recording or that there are issues and we should refresh the browser. <clears throat> and then after we recorded our four-hour conversation, which seemed, which seemed fine, I downloaded the footage like a week after. I usually download everything on the same day, but mm -hmm. after a four-hour conversation, you need a week off. <laughs> you don't want to hear about that conversation ever again until you're editing it. So anyway, I downloaded the, the footage, and then I noticed that the last half hour doesn't have audio from Bill Tiller <clears throat> at all. Oh, so I'm like writing letters to support, find the freaking audio, and I sent uh, Bill uh, an email. And he said, no worries. If you want, I can come for another conversation and we'll talk another four hours. So he was cool about that. <laughs> oh, good God. I, I didn't have another four hours because I already set the date for the premiere. Anyway, they found the audio. That's why I was asking about the backups earlier. They record the, the live stream in addition to the high quality video. So they were, were able to whip up the last 30 minutes of audio in good quality. So. And the, the video is up there, so it's there. But I feared for my life. <laughs> oh, good God! That gotcha. does sound horrible. Well, that reminds me of if I could just share one more thing that that oh, rattled the memory in my mind of something sort of similar that I did. So me too. I was doing an interview. Um, oh gosh, uh, Sierra Adventure. Sean, what's his last name? As Mills, Mills. Uh, Sean Mills, yeah, Sean Mills, and like I was so you know excited and into the conversation, and you know like when you're focusing on a million things at once, like you know the uh, uh, you know the questions you're asking and follow ups, and like you know how how is the, the the flow of it going? I didn't realize that he had his mic input set wrong, and his mic was set to the webcam mic instead <laughs> of his actual microphone, and it sounded like ass. <laughs> and so I, and so I, I apologize to him. And that's why in that video, there are subtitles under Sean's parts. Uh, for this the is Sean's video. fault. It's, it's not Sean's fault. Yeah, so that's your that's, fault. Yeah, and I, I, love, I, love, I love that you got a comment that said, did you subtitle him because he's Australian? <laughs> I did get that comment. Yeah. And I'm like, well, now, truthfully, about 20% of it. Yeah, was that. <laughs> but, but 80% of it was was yeah it, was, it sounded terrible and actually what i did there there is a uh uh a, an adobe site i forget what it's called now but oh, you can yeah. upload things and like clean it up yeah, and yeah. so i did that but it, the recording the original was so bad that the the cleanup one sided too robotic and ai yeah. so what mm -hmm. i did was layered both of them so that there and that was the best that i could make it sound like have the original audio but then have a little bit of the cleaned up one for a little bit of clarity. And I just, I, I was depressed for like a couple of days after that. that was being, the, the Adobe podcast the feature is really bad. It has a one hour limit and doesn't sound that good. And since it's in beta, you can't even use it in the official apps. So, Oh, I am here to pick up your spirits. God damn, I have. Because uh, you, you guys have rattled so many memories of times I've fucked up in the past. Uh, I'm, I'm going to get the big one out of the way because Daniel reminded me of that. And, and you did too, Matthew. Uh, way back before I did YouTube, I was doing a podcast, the Space Quest Historian podcast. And one of the episodes I did was about narration in adventure games like is the narrator a voice in someone's head or is it a third person narrator and all that sort of stuff hmm. and i wanted to interview al Lowe because 
his narrator converses with his protagonist and they have this back and forth thing something that uh you know the king's quest games don't do and the space quest games don't do um at least not until six anyway long story short uh he's really good at having that ping pong with the narrator and protagonist back and forth so he agreed to an interview and this is one of my first big sierra online alum interview subjects i have no idea what i'm doing i'm on a dinky little laptop in my uh, apartment bedroom so i download one and this is way back before we had obs and stuff so i download this skype recorder application Mm -hmm. and i set the thing off it picks up the call we run through i talked to al for uh an hour and a half maybe Mm. and uh, i go back after the uh, he he talks about some fantastic stuff it's one of the it's still the one of the best interviews i've ever done which is good it's one of my first ones but we had such a good time he's such a a lovely man get off and uh i listen (laughs) to the wave file afterwards it's 30 seconds long and it contains hello mr low how are you doing i'm doing good how are you bam that's it flatline just like your heart (laughs) yep it's that's literally it holy crap was i depressed after that so and and it was lost for good there was no local recordings on either side or something that was just it was just lost oh so you didn't call him back and uh and say oh by the way like it's not you it's me babe you but know, like, <laughs> first of all, it was sort of a lightning in the bottle kind of thing. Like he mm-hmm. he was talking about so many cool things, and I was, uh, you know, the genuine reactions uh, that I yeah. had was like, Every oh really? Oh mm-hmm. good. And, and also, he was uh, he was he was willing to, but I was on a schedule, and he was busy for another week after that, so we couldn't make it in time for the episode to be finished anyway. This is back when I actually gave a crap about schedules. Um, <laughs> so that was oh god, that was horrible. I had to actually sort of just retell it. Uh, with the uh, with the added bonus that people would of course think I was just making shit up. Wait, so you didn't interview him again? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh man, didn't do that. Actually, that's why that's why I stopped using Zoom because Zoom has has a feature which enables you to record separate mm-hmm. audio tracks. So it's pretty good. The only problem is that the video quality is 720p for everyone. So if you have mm-hmm. four people. You have all four video streams in one 720p. Yeah. Yeah. But my main problem with Zoom was that after you record the conversation, you end the conversation, and then there's the converting to video file part, Mm -hmm. which may take up to two hours. Oh! And when you look at that progress bar, moving so slowly for two hours... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you fear that you're you're gonna have a power outage, or that something's <laughs> gonna be messed up, and you're gonna find out in two hours from now, and it's too late. That's why I started using all. That's why I started using um, that other site because it has so many backups that I don't have to worry about it. I mean, my first interviews, I was so stressed out that nothing was being recorded that you can actually hear it in my voice. Oh God! Wow. Oh, the first interview like- I did on on this platform was with Julia Minamata. And when either your computer's resources or your internet connection isn't great, it'll Mm -hmm. like give a little yellow indicator at the, instead of the green ones that you're seeing right right now of like, eh, you can use this, but it may, you know, maybe it will, you know, Mm. and in her case, like, like everybody else after her, it takes like 30 seconds to finish uploading. Mm -hmm. She had to turn off her webcam and go away for like an hour while it finished oh. uploading. And I'm like, did She's this even Canada. record? She's from Canada. What the hell? Is she in a log cabin somewhere? She's in uh, Toronto. Yeah, 
Nice. Yeah. So, thankfully, it, it 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 saved everything, and I could breathe. But good lord, that, oh. that story that Daniel's telling about like hoping that it goes through just reminds me as as kids that when we're downloading uh downloading doom or something on like the 14.4 bus like you're hoping it, it's days days <laughs> oh, days yeah. you're just begging yeah. no one calls when you take a game from your friend and it's 14 large files and it's always the 13th or the 14th oh. one that's messed up yeah i always have to go back and even mm-hmm. i mean i don't know how old you guys are but uh back in my day we had uh tape decks and commodore 64s it was one of those things where you set the thing to load the game you go down you have how old are you and you come back up and you go what happened everything's on fire um (laughs) or nothing happened and it it, you know just crapped out yes i'm 40 going on 43 Mm. good morning Mm. um so i'm i'm very old but yes i've done all of the things you guys have talked about um i did uh what you were talking about the echoey kitchen matthew i had a when my son was born, I had to move out of the little office because we live in a very small house, and I moved into the kitchen downstairs, which is echoey. I also didn't want to talk very loudly because he was sleeping in the room upstairs, and for some reason, um, I didn't have a mic set up, so I had this dinky little lav mic that I was holding next to my mouth. Oh man! And I was and I was talking like this. There's a whole series of me just taking the absolute piss out of beyond the steel sky but the first three episodes are all recorded in this voice it's, it's terrible well, it started a trend all of the kids on tiktok sit with their mics because they think it's cooler than using airpods and, and, and everything is cooler mics than are airpods but still lav mics are so bad to i mean even even with the good quality one you you can't you can't get the same quality as even a, a average an average style no it, it's just SM just awful or something yeah that's just awful and also the uh, thing that josh mentioned uh, about leaving some music that trails off at the end mm-hmm. i've uploaded videos that had 40 minutes of complete black screen <laughs> silence because some idiot me didn't check the adobe premiere timeline and there's this little snippet of bullshit just end, hanging yeah. 40 yeah. minutes down the line somewhere why doesn't it just push its way down there's got to be some red flag i think there really does have to be something that says hey don't be an idiot you know like are, give us, are you sure the 40 are minutes you of sure? screen you know, are there's, there's like 40 minutes of of nothing going on you know it but. just doesn't care and this is before uh, i realized what ripple edits or ripple delete actually does which is what i use now but uh yeah you know so so that's what did you use before i was an idiot i just marked my stuff and hit delete <laughs> and this just you know what it's fine what, what am i a professional <laughs> yeah I've yeah, so I've had a bunch of stuff like that. So, um, that's that's pretty much uh, the uh, first show. I think this went uh, surprisingly well. Actually, I've, uh, I'm not sure what your expectations were, but um, you guys are a lovely bunch of people, and you guys have some great stories. And I'm happy to be part of the network with you guys. And uh, let's see if this is the first and only episode whatsoever. If uh, everyone disagrees with what I just Probably. said, then, <laughs> then, then <laughs> that's it. But if that happens to be the case, then thank you so much for this one and only shot at it. But hopefully I'll hear and see you guys again next month when we'll be doing the same thing. Um, so uh, just a quick round the table. Of course, you guys get to plug your channels. Uh, where, can, where can we keep up with your with your stats, your lives, your loved loved ones? Let's not go into that one. No, anyway, Josh, you. This one's going to be easy, isn't it? Yeah, just just uh, adventuregamehotspot.com. That's, the that's one. it. 
If you want to go to the YouTube, great. It's just us having fun over there. If you want to follow us on socials, great. But go to our website. There's a, I mean, we, we put in hundreds of hours a week collectively on it. So, yeah. The, the staff is incredible. And that's that's one thing I don't feel like it's it's bragging to say because I, I'm proud of the staff, and they put up incredible reviews and 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 really good uh, stuff like S C H T U F F F and stuff per week about adventure games. And so, not P H so, at the end. Out. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's uh, that's not proper English because what oh. stuff is. Mm. All right. Well, uh, so over to one short I, uh, S C H O R T I. Yeah, I think we'll we'll I'll go and uh, and rename the channel right after this. Too, that's no, I think that's wonderful. Uh, no, uh, yeah, uh, one short I everywhere, mostly on YouTube. I think is what people will be interested in. Um, I occasionally stream on Twitch, but not often. And uh, I never post anything on Twitter, hardly ever, but occasionally. And uh, my DMs are open there. So. You you almost said Twitter with a T. Twitter. Yeah. Oh, I got I gotta ask, and, and and I hate to put you on the spot. I can edit this out if you like, but what's with the one short eye? Your eyes look perfectly normal. Yeah. So you know, I, I do get that occasionally. So it's a pun, and it has two meanings to it. One is that I have an uncommon last name that has an I in it, and people ah. are always saying it with a long I vowel sound. When it's pronounced with a short I vowel sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's one meaning. And then the other one is uh, I know my eyes look fine now, but one of my eyes, my right eye, is actually weaker than the other eye. Uh, mm. And so that is, that is where it comes from. One eye is, is, is weaker than the other. Well, glad to know. I mean, I uh, actually, I, I, do, I don't know how to respond to that, but thank you. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, and before I get too embarrassed, let's pass it off to Daniel. Queer Conversations with Curtis on YouTube. We're going to have an interview with Roberta Williams coming up in the next couple of weeks. We already recorded it. And we're going to edit it soon. You can check us out on conversationswithcurtis.com where we have our fan sequel, Phantasmagoria, which you can play. Puns for days. Cool. And I'm the Space Quest Historian. I haven't uploaded anything of value in over three months, but that is about to change in the coming weeks. So hopefully everyone who supports me on Patreon will no longer have to explain to their yes. So I keep who invited this guy. Uh, So everyone. Should we give a shout out to Geek, even though he isn't here? We absolutely should. Yes. Adventure Game Geek is. God, I don't even know. Uh, what is he's on he? YouTube, Adventure yeah, Game Geek. He's on Twitter at uh, point and click Adventure geek. Game. No, it's Point and Click Geek on Twitter. Point and Click Geek. Point yeah. and Click Geek. Yeah, because Adventure Game Geek was not uh, was was not available. Yeah, something. It was like too that. many, too many, too many letters, and he didn't want to be the Adventure Game G. Yeah, and uh, what's his OnlyFans? And uh, no, wait, that's the other. <laughs> All right. Adventure game G. Plug that the next time it comes. <laughs> yeah, we'll ask him. We'll ask him. But anyway, yeah, thank you so much, my friends, and uh, hope to see you again next month. And I hope everyone who's listened to this um, at least come got back. a mild chuckle out of it. Yes, please come back. We we miss you already. So cheers. I hope you have a good one. Bye. <laughs>